0: Welcome to Conical Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, June 26th, and today we got a little bit of news, some old news, actually, a little bit, because we hadn't talked about it yet. And Miss Marvel Episode 3.
1: Still no Captain Marvel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Before we dive into that, though, the, the, the old news that we have yet to talk about is the rumblings, the rumors of Lady Gaga portraying Harley Quinn. Now, before we venture even more into this story, because there's more than just that. How do y'all feel about Lady Gaga being Harley Quinn in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker Two
1: movie? Um, I'll say, like, just as her as the as Harley Quinn, I think would be great. Honestly, now as far as the musical thing, you know, that's a whole different thing. But uh, just her no,
0: spoilers, we
1: <laughs> haven't even got to that
0: yet. <laughs>
2: um,
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well so okay I, I just as Lady lady gaga as Harley quinn i think would be like perfect to me i mean with all the stunts and things that she's pulled and just her kind of quirky we'll go with quirky uh, personality i think it'd be great like a perfect fit like i said
3: yeah uh, i'm with jeremy i absolutely echo like she's kooky Enough to play Harley, like she's already kind of crazy <laughs> to be Harley Quinn, and then there's a couple of movies that I've watched her in. I want to say it's a Star is born, but at the beginning of that movie, she has like a Queen's Bronx accent, so she can pull that like Mr. J kind of like accent <laughs> that that's the iconic harley Quinn accent so i I'm for this i i I really i I think that's a cool casting
1: just a random like thing here it has nothing to do with. The the well, I guess, kind of has it, but anyways, the whole Mister J. I told my wife, I was like, I kind of wish I was a, a teacher at one point because I would just tell all the kids to call me Mister J. and I would <laughs> give them like extra points if it finally if somebody actually knew what that was from.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I thought you were gonna go into like some kind of foreplay thing with your wife there for no, a second. God. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> So, yeah, I honestly, you know, I think I said a while back, like, I couldn't see anybody other than Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn. And then this came out and I was like, you know what? I could totally see her pulling off <laughs> mm-hmm. both sides of that Harley Quinn. Like, oh, yeah. because the whole Star is Born movie with Bradley Cooper and stuff like that and how seriously she took that and things and, like I, I could totally see. Like, I, I'm with you. all I'm with you all 100 percent. Like, I think she could actually pull this off.
1: And I have to to agree again, too, because like you said, uh, she can pull up both sides because she can be very elegant and very like put together kind of thing. But then she also has that wild and crazy side, too. So, yeah, I, I, again, 100 percent agree.
0: Now, (laughs) (laughs) what do we think about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker 2 being a
1: musical? Because that's the other rumor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, uh, so yeah, not, not crazy about that. Uh, I I don't know. It's, it's one of those, (laughs) I don't know that I haven't really kind of put, obviously haven't put my thoughts together on that one, but there's part of me that would be very interested to see it.
3: But at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's needed. So I think I'm totally fine with this in the sense of in the James Gunn version of Suicide Squad, we see Harley Quinn. And in that, we see, you know, when she's murdering those people, flowers are coming out and uh, instead of blood, and we see her like fantasizing, you know, a relationship with that uh, dictator of the, the island. I can't remember the name of the island of that. So if this movie's told from her perspective, I could totally see her at points in the movie having daydreams of like her and Joker and it being a musical. Okay. So I'm totally cool with this because I feel like that is probably what he's referring to. I don't think it's going to be like, I don't know, Sweeney Todd, but with Joker and Harley. (laughs) Like every single scene has got a musical in there.
1: See, honestly, that's what I I first thought of because I I, kind of like Sweeney Todd, the movie. And so in my mind, I was thinking if it was kind of that portrayal or that scenario, I might would be okay. But I think I like the way that you're talking about, Richard, where it's just the musical numbers kind of sporadic in there.
0: Okay. So when I first heard it, I immediately thought to every TV show that I've ever loved, Simpsons. The Flash, Mm -hmm. God knows what other countless numbers of TV shows that wind up having a musical at some point in time because that's just the thing that they do is they have a musical. That's what my mind immediately went to, and I was like, I never liked any of them. I just, (laughs) I don't like musicals. I don't like them at all. However, if it's going to be like you say, Richard, and it's like we actually have a movie, and then like when she goes into her fantasy world, Mm -hmm. Like, as she's turning crazy, then she, like, sings while she's in there, and it's just a brief... It's not even a full song. Like, it's maybe, like, a, a a song with a hook, and then it's she snaps back out of it. Right. Or it's like we get a piece of a song, and then we add to it the next time, and then by the end, we have a full song. I could be down with that. Yeah. Because, to me, that's not a musical at that point in time. hmm So, if it's that, I'm cool. But if it's, like, a straight-up, like... We've got Joaquin and Lady Gaga sitting there like singing and harmony together somewhere. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't want that at all. Like, I, I don't.
1: So basically, you don't want it to be like a Disney Pixar movie. Yeah. Or like, uh, <laughs> was it La La Land? Yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't either, honestly. It's okay. I think
0: the only musical I've ever watched that I've actually enjoyed was Les Miserables. With, uh, and it was a Hugh Jackman rendition. Oh, about. yeah, 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 yeah. And like that to me was a it was a really good story, told in a musical. So, I was I was cool with that. But outside of that, no, I've, I've never enjoyed a musical at all.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not a big fan. Although I will say I like the Simpsons musical episodes. Those are really funny. I never liked the Flash musical. I thought that was silly. I liked how they made it a musical episode. Like it was a supervillain that had the powers to like make it a musical. That was interesting. But I'm not a fan of musicals. I've seen them. Like, I've been drugged there, kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) But but yeah, I I feel like in my heart of hearts that it's not going to be like a quote-unquote musical. I could be wrong because both, I mean, it's not really confirmed, but there are talks of Lady Gaga being that. But if Lady Gaga is playing Harley and we get Walking Phoenix. They're both really, like, kooky actors, so I could totally see them, like, doing something like this. I kind of hope not, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From one possible bad idea
0: to another <laughs> horrendous idea here, what do y'all think of the description of Craven that came out as Craven is being an animal advocate here?
3: <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this is... This, I sent y'all a text message of this. This triggered me. So Aaron Taylor Johnson, <laughs> he played Quicksilver in the MCU, for those who don't know. He was uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron, not the Quicksilver in WandaVision. Um, he played Kick-Ass Kickass, Kick-Ass, and he's been in an, a ton of other movies. He played uh, the Ford Brody in 2014 Godzilla. He was uh, Ives in Christopher Nolan's Tenet. In an interview with Variety for the upcoming movie that he's starring in with Brad Pitt called Bullet Train, he was asked about the movie Craven the Hunter, and he described the character as, quote, one of Marvel's most iconic, notorious antiheroes. He's not an alien or a wizard. He's just a hunter, a human with conviction, an animal lover, and a protector of the natural world. He's a very, very cool character. So, Craven the Hunter is called Craven the Hunter because he's a fucking hunter. <laughs> he is a man who goes around. He's essentially like evil Steve Irwin, if you will. He goes around and finds like different big games to hunt, and then kills them for uh, for pride, like so he can mount them. So much so that his costume is he wears leopard print pants and he has a freaking lion's head and lion's mane as a vest. (laughs) (laughs) So to say that he's some sort of like animal lover is completely missing the point. And once again, Sony has struck again with their terrible, (laughs) terrible, terrible writing.
0: I, I think that the leopard and the lion were, uh, were deathly ill and he was just putting them out of his their oh, okay. misery. <laughs> and, uh,
1: and <laughs> it was a mercy killing.
0: Yeah. 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 He could feel their pain from, from yards away and just, <laughs> he couldn't do it anymore.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, the other thing too is the whole reason why he becomes a Spider-Man villain is he, he has realized he has, hunted everything that he could possibly do. So the next thing he wants to do is hunt man essentially. And he sees Spider-Man, the original back in the way back in the day. He sees Spider-Man I think on the news and he's like, he's a Russian character as well. So he has that like Russian accent. He's like ah yes, I shall hunt Spider-Man. And anyway uh, it was a terrible (laughs) rendition of him. But (laughs) the other thing that I just wanted to point out that will probably make y'all laugh is he also said that this movie is unlike any of the Marvel movies. And the quote was it was shot entirely on location, meaning that it was cheap to shoot, is what he's saying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're not gonna have any special <laughs> effects. We're not gonna, you know, do anything crazy. It was just super cheap to make. Which then begs the question
0: chameleon's supposed to be in this movie as well. So how's that gonna go? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my gosh maybe maybe it isn't chameleon it's just a chameleon like a lizard like a lizard just shows up
0: <laughs> they should have gone they should have made it a Geico commercial and just got the you know the gecko from Geico yeah there you go
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's already ready for you
0: I love that little guy yeah. I'm just saying
1: <laughs> sounds better than what we're getting
0: oh okay well Richard you've made it very clear what about you Jeremy <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, well, I I didn't really know much about what Craven did and like his whole backstory, obviously. Uh, but if they're doing that to him, then yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I mean, like I said <laughs> that, that picture you sent with like with uh, Ace Ventura basically being the the picture. <laughs> I mean, that's that's I think that'd be spot on. I think it's just I mean obviously they've already made that made the movie just go see When Nature Calls and you'll be happy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that movie. I loved that movie back in the day. Uh one other point I just wanted to make the thing that annoys me the most about this is we're getting a sequel to the uh Sony Spider-Man video game that's going to have Craven the Hunter. Now we haven't seen him but we've heard his voice. But it sounds like from the voice like, they're gonna adapt, essentially, Craven the Hunter. So, like, Sony, the, the video game division of Sony, can seem to get characters right, and, like, they still, they make changes to the characters, but still kind of keep them to their core, like, right. But Sony the movie division can't, just because they just <laughs> want to make fucking, like, anti-heroes instead of just making them villains.
1: I mean, that's that's what I was going to say too. I mean, it seemed like they somehow they're those those two departments don't mesh, don't <laughs> communicate, or something. Because I mean, the the Sony, I mean, if you look at the the Spider Man and like the Batman Arkham Asylum stuff, like those those are impeccable games, and I mean, they were a lot of fun and stay true to everything as far as I know, obviously. But um I mean, yeah, there's there's no. There's no connection there. They must have like I don't know if the one in the game department just kind of put a, like a do not enter sign on their door or <laughs> put like a sock on the door handle or something there. But oh, oh god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so y'all are bringing up a good point of you know Sony's focusing on villains and trying to make them basically anti heroes and of course to be like an anti hero or something along that line you have to make them. Uh, appeasable to the audience to be your main character you know venom is a he he murders people that's what he does he Mm -hmm. just he does he kills people uh morbius morbius kills people that's what he does so craven kills animals and i guess maybe that's where the like sony draws the line it's like you know how do you make a bad animal that like it's okay to kill that (laughs) animal kind of thing. And it looks like Idris is about to do
3: one in a movie, so I don't understand why they can't do that, but... (laughs) He he could could make him... Oh, man, I just thought this funny thing. You could make him, like, I don't know, instead of Russian, make him Australian and be like, (laughs) Oi! That crocodile's a cunt! And just, like, stab him.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I think probably they just worried that... uh, that Sarah McLaughlin's going to start popping in on their movies and you know, <laughs> okay. on in the arms of an angel and all that.
0: I mean, literally, all you'd have to do is like the Idris Elba movie that's coming out. They, they've had tons of them with the safari type lions that like become the the master predator of a village or something like that. You bring Craven in to take out that lion. Done. What, what movie? You know what I mean? What movie are you talking about real quick? Sorry. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up real quick. Okay. Because it's it's come it's like on its way to movie theaters or already out there. Because I have not heard about this. It looks really cool. i uh I don't want to say what I think. Oh, it's called Beast. Oh okay, I'll have to check that out later. Release date is August nineteenth, twenty twenty two. But they're like already advertising the shit out of this movie, and it's like it looks actually pretty decent. Cool. There was one a few years out, or maybe last year or something like that, that had who's the chick from Transformers. Uh, nobody likes her anymore. Megan Fox? Yeah. Yeah, Megan Fox was in it. <laughs> um like we we've had that movie where there's like a, a, a big a big time game that's the villain of that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's easy to make something like that. The the issue, there's a giant crocodile in Australia that's going nuts. We need you to come in and kill this bastard. Okay, fine. That's what I do. Yeah, exactly. Put it in Louisiana. Swamp, swamp people. We love that show. Come on. <laughs> Shoot him. <'em. laughs> <laughs> Shoot him. <'em>. Shoot him. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's my next question then. Could even Kevin Feige help save Kraven? Not that he's going to, <laughs> but could even Kevin Feige <laughs> help save Kraven? Because word on the street right now is he's going to be the producer for the Madam Web movie
3: mm-hmm. and
0: also the Bad Bunny Hill Morto yeah.
3: movie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of mighty. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I this is one of the other like big things that we're going to probably spend a while to talk about before we even get to Miss Marvel. But so I looked it up on IMDb and Kevin Feige has been a associate producer, executive producer, co-producer, or just plain producer on pretty much every single Marvel thing since the 2000 X-Men. Oh, wow. Wow. So it's nothing new for him to be considered a producer. And even during those leaks, I forget what year that came out, but the Sony leaks that came out, there, were, uh, there was like an email exchange where Kevin Feige gave notes to Amy Pascal on things that needed to change in the Amazing Spider-Man 2, that's the Andrew Garfield one. So the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's, he's been, uh, he wasn't credited on the first one, but he was executive producer on all of those. Oh, wow. Uh, I believe he was executive producer on all of the Andrew Garfield ones as well. So he has a big hand in all of Marvel, essentially. It doesn't matter if it was Sony or Fox or now Disney, MCU stuff. So to me, I'm like, this is kind of no news at all, except for while I was researching that, so there is a guy on Twitter. His uh, handle is Daniel RPK. He is a reputable like insider for leaks on this. And supposedly, the Madam Web movie is said to be a movie that's going to introduce the Web of Life, Spider Totems, and it will explain the roles of both Tom, Toby, and Andrew's Spider-Man and how they play in the web of life. It will also introduce the King in Black for the Venom Sony-verse. And it's also said uh, he also said that in Venom 3, it will explore the multiverse and that Eddie will fight a Spider-Man in it. Not necessarily Tom's Spider-Man, but a Spider-Man.
0: I've heard that I've seen a clip of the, because the script is written. Venom three script is being written. Tom Hardy is a part of that, just like he was in Venom two. And also whoever his partner was on that, they're also writing Venom three with him. So it's the same people that wrote carnage are writing the third one. Oh. And there was a, a thing that. <laughs> 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 that face. You're <is> really funny. <laughs> But there was a, basically a tongue that was drawn out to look like an S and then a three out beside it. So that's leading people to believe that he is going to be facing Spider-Man. And a lot of people have alluded to Spider-Man being in this. I've also heard that this was going to be Tom Hardy's last outing as Venom and that he would not be coming back after that. So whether that becomes true or not, I have no idea. It's a rumor. That's all it is, is a rumor. I, I that's, know nothing else beyond that. That's huge, though, if that's true. Right. Exactly. Especially if the king in black thing is true and we're getting null, which everybody's saying that we're going to, null is coming. So, yeah, that's, I don't know. That's a bunch of like, here's my question Was Kevin Feige part of Venom? Was he part of Morbius? Cause he's not going to be a part of, apparently, he's not a part of Craven or it's not, it's not said that he's a part of Craven.
3: So, per IMDb, to answer your question, Michael, no, it does not look like any of Venom. Venom 2 Morbius Craven it does not look like he's executive producer. Okay. Or 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 anything. Like he's not connected to it at all.
0: Okay. So it could be a possible change of course there then for Sony.
3: Yes. Well, so there's a
1: lot in there that needs explanation. Yeah. Cuz you you talked about <laughs> a lot of things there Richard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I don't I don't I don't know. What we're talking about here like this way of life like web of life how the cookie crumbles <laughs> i don't i don't know like there's just <laughs> there's, then then somebody's tate or or or, totem or
3: something <laughs> so i i had this all written down for you jeremy because i knew i now have a section of things when i mention them it's like this is for jeremy <laughs> this, is, this is for jeremy and our audience hey i have my own little section yeah so, all right, this is why I said we'd spend a lot of talking about the web of life. Per the wiki because I just wanted to make sure I just said it correctly uh, the Web of life is a three-dimensional construct in a five-dimensional space which acts as a model of the entire multiverse, and it enables travel between realities. Its nexus lies on Earth 1, where it is maintained by the Master Weaver and totemic deities. Madam Web and various incarnations of Spider-Man, this all took place during the comic book run of Spider-Verse, by the way, Jeremy. Uh, Madam Web and the various incarnations of Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and Spider-Girl, and others across the multiverse ultimately derived their spider powers from the web of life and are considered totemic entities. So, what are spider totems? Spider Totems <laughs> were, was first introduced in a comic called Spider-Man The Other. And it was around the time in 2000 when Sam Raimi made the first Spider-Man movie. And it was just a way for them to retcon that Spider-Man didn't have web shooters. He had organic webs. He could generate his own webs. Because okay. in that movie, a uh, or excuse me, in that comic run, because I read it, Because I was like, what are they doing? Why are are they doing this? (laughs) Because Spider-Man's origin has always been he was bitten by a radioactive spider. In the comics, anyway. Not in the movies. Movies now make it like genetically altered spider. But in the comics, it was always a radioactive spider. Well, they then retconned it because a guy shows up in that comic called Ezekiel Sims. And he had the same powers as Peter Parker. And Peter was like, whoa, who are you? How, like, what's going on with you? And later on, it's explained that he is a spider totem. And what they, I hate this. This is so dumb. (laughs) But they explained that there is a spider god and that Ezekiel is called the other. And he is a, essentially, if you want to, the easiest way to explain it is, you know how Moon Knight was to Conchu, yeah. he was like a avatar for Conchu, right? Ezekiel was like an avatar for the other, which was a spider god, and so then Aragog. Do I? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's as a Harry Potter reference.
3: Sorry. Oh, oh, Aragog. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just a big ass, creepy looking spider. So the, uh, the, the wiki says that uh, the term spider totem refers to a class of multiversal supernatural entities linked to a mystical force called the Web of Life. Uh, the Great Weaver, the Gatekeeper, the Other, the Bride, the Scion, and the Pattern Maker are examples of these spider totems, which can choose avatars or manifest independently if needed. All that gets explained in Spider Verse and also some tie ins with that. We may read that one day. So I don't kind of want to spoil all that for you. It's a bunch of like mystical, multiversal bullshit (laughs) for them to (laughs) retcon some of Spider Man's origin. And I've hated it ever since it was introduced. I'm about to say that
1: as far as like probably just for me personally, need to go read it because that about made it clear as mud. <laughs> no, no offense. I know. I know. Like I made. I mean, obviously answered some questions, but then I also created many yeah. more questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So w- what stuck out to me was you talking about the spider totems, and with the news coming out that we have not the spider taints, Jeremy, the spider <laughs> totems. Okay. <laughs> with the news coming out that Spot or the spot is actually going to be the villain yeah. in uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. So do we think we're going to get like live action Morlun? and uh, was it in Inheritors?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling that the third Spider-Verse animated movie is going to bring in Morlun, and Morlun is just a Jeremy. He's an energy vampire. he fucking sucks. He's he wears (laughs) he wears like olden like clothes with like a flower or or, uh, he is. He I don't know. He he dresses very like old timey. He has like an ascot and stuff like that. Anyway,
0: do you think it'll be for across the Spider-Verse? Or do you think it'll be for the live action like Madam Web stuff? Because if Madam Web's dealing with the explanation of spider totems and things like that, And then we've got Morbius live action, who is a vampire and has been associated with the Inheritors before.
3: Yeah, I think no. I think that's, I think Morlun's going to be in the animated series. I think the big bad for the Venomverse is going to be Null. I think Madam Web is just going to introduce that concept and it may reference the animated series, but no, I think Morlund, they're saving that to be like their big bad for the third movie.
0: Okay. Well, all right then. <laughs> I, I, I just, I feel like they're gonna go live action, but that's just my opinion.
3: So. Well, the only, the only thing, like who would he hunt? Would it be Venom? Or are they gonna bring like Toby and like other Spider-Men?
0: Oh, I think they're gonna ball out and bring in other spider Like, I think they're gonna do all kinds of live action Spider-Men. Okay. Because uh- at that point in time, you could do, you know, Jessica Drew. We'd have Toby. We'd have Andrew. I mean, that'd be a great Swan dive or Swan song or whatever it's called for Toby to get out and never have to be a Spider-Man again. To be like hunted down by Morlon and and he dies from him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It'd be a good. It'd be a good way to get rid of Andrew if they're gonna do a three or not. Which I feel like they're gonna have Andrew come in and and do Venom. Yeah is what I think they're going to do. That's just my
3: opinion. I agree. I think that if they do bring, when it said he's going to fight a Spider-Man, the only one I think that makes sense is Andrew. Or
0: that's how you bring in Miles.
3: Yeah. I, I really don't think Sony has, I don't know what this whole deal does, but I don't think Sony has the rights to Miles. I think they have to borrow that from Marvel. You think so? They had,
1: yeah. They thought they had like the
3: rights to Spider-Man in general. Uh, yeah, but was it just Peter Parker? I believe it is just Peter Parker, Spider Man, and Miles is like a loophole. I don't know. You know what I mean? I I need to talk with a <laughs> lawyer and uh and figure all this crap out. But I I want to say they don't. And like for Sony to use Miles in the animated and both the video game, they had to like go out and essentially pay Marvel. Some like money or something to use those rights. That's crazy.
1: Huh? Like even for the, because uh, like you said for
3: the animated series as well. Mm-hmm. That that movie. I I could be wrong, but I want to say that's what what happened, because I felt like I read somewhere that that was a way if Sony ever did decide to like kill the deal with Marvel, they could just go oh well this Peter died and we'll bring in Miles. Wow. Well, that's, the way, that's the way Marvel could spin yeah. it off. Yeah, the MCU. Gotcha. gotcha.
0: I'd be curious to know also with uh, Spider-Gwen, because that's probably the other biggest spider person Yeah. So that would make money anyways.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, then. Well, that's all I got as far as those goes. Anything y'all want to add or throw in there? Or, I don't,
1: you know? don't think so mm-hmm. right
0: now. I think I'm good. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. All right. On to Miss Marvel, episode three, titled Destined. Pretty much breakdown of the episode was we meet not crap. I keep forgetting her name, Kamala's grandmother, but an associate of Kamala's Aisha. grandmother. I want sorry, what? <laughs> Aisha. Yes, her grandmother. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we do see a flashback of her great grandmother, uh, and her acquiring the um what's it called? The Bengal. Yes, the Bengal. You okay over there, Michael? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm trying really hard. I'm struggling. Uh- <laughs> Anyways, uh, we meet a, a group of people titled The Clandestine who are actually part of Marvel Comics, but they also are calling themselves Jin. So I wonder if that's kind of like just to mess with Kamala or not. We see Kamala's brother get married and then the Clandestine come in and crash the party. Quite literally, and Nakia finds out that Kamala is Night Bright
1: and <laughs> <laughs> Night Bright, Night Night Light,
0: Night Light. Yes, <laughs> Light Bright, Night Bright, Light. La <laughs> la <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I just all I pictured was the little game, like the little yeah. thing that you plug in, like the the pegs yeah, to that's the, the, the Light Bright pictures with, yeah. And our
0: teenage audience is going, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it was in the thing, for those who've watched the newest season of Stranger Things, the thing that they use to communicate with the people in the uh, Upside Down, <laughs> that thing. That's a light break. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. A great 80s toy. <laughs> yep. You bunch of privileged little bastards. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. We love y'all. Uh, Anyways. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, Pretty much it. Apparently, there is a connection between the leader of the clandestine and Kamala's bangle and Kamala's grandmother. So that's quite interesting as well. So, well meter on this episode. There was a lot of action. I thought this was a pretty decent episode.
1: What do you got, Jeremy? What are you thinking as far as your well meter goes? Well, right now, probably just whelmed because we're three episodes in and all we got is a name of Karen Danvers. <laughs> so Karen. <laughs> a carol <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah my bad yeah and so no glimpse of brie larson so you know
0: oh my god
1: but no in all, all seriousness uh i was pleasantly whelmed i i enjoyed this one like you said there was a there was a lot that happened in this and whenever they were talking about clandestine and all that and my wife was like are those bad people do you are they? Is that a group? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll find out Sunday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, the funny thing about that is, Jeremy, when I got back from from digging while we were at the con uh-huh. promoting the show and stuff like that, I came back with a book, and it was clandestine number two. And I said, "This is some Miss Marvel spec here," and I threw it down on the table. And you said, "Oh." <laughs> as I went through the rest of my books that I was throwing down on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well. Uh, okay.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Richie, what's your well meter on this? Uh, I'm still pleasantly welmed. I kind of, I kind of dipped down a little bit again because I was, I was annoyed uh, a little bit in this episode. Like, the whole, there's like a theme for this episode, which is like, as long as you choose family, you're never alone. It's said like multiple times yeah. by multiple people. And at the end, when Kumala is confronted by her parents, and this was the opportunity for her to come clean and choose family, and she didn't. So I was just like, what are you What are you doing? Like, wh- that was her... I figured that was going to be the lesson that she learned and she didn't. So I'm still pleasantly whelmed. I I like the series a lot so far, but that just really bugged me. (laughs) (laughs) I am
0: uh, pleasantly whelmed. Also, I like the action in the series. I like Bruno standing up for himself, whether it be not, not only just to, uh, come but also to Kamala herself. Like just being like, Hey, look, I'm, I got this offer, and I think I'm going to take it. So good for Bruno. Um, so many more questions halfway through the season. So many more questions they just threw out there is what it seems like. So I'm still very interested in it to see what actually comes up and what actually
1: happens. I agree there. Like there, there's still a lot, a lot going on. And to kind of add on to what Richard said with the family, uh, I almost kind of thought it was going to be for Bruno. Her deciding to maybe, I don't know, kind of invest in that, not necessarily like relationship, quote unquote, but just as a friendship type thing, like being committed to him and realizing that he's going to be there. I, and yeah, at the same time, like I thought she might would reveal that to her her family. But of course, it's the superhero thing. You're not supposed to reveal your identity, all that, whatever. But also, the other thing that kind of bugs me is, you know, uh, the very first episode we talked about, you know, one of the things that we really liked is seeing in the background all the drawings and all the pictures and all the comic stuff. It seems like that's dwindling a lot because mm-hmm. all, all we got in this one was just those little, the where she texted Comron and yeah. that was it. So I, I kind of hate that that's going away seems like, or at least it feels that way.
0: And like those weren't even in the background. That was probably my biggest complaint is that I didn't like that those text messages were in the background, but like those like weren't even in the background this time around. Yeah. Like straight up. It was just like I was looking at an iPhone. I'm just like, oh, that's lame.
1: Yeah. Well, they did have What was it on the, uh, it was either on the, either on her blanket or on the wall There was something that happened there. I can't remember exactly. Again, I saw that 24 hours ago. So obviously I forgot like half of it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, there was something that showed a little bit of an animation, but the text message itself in general was, yeah, like you said, Michael, just an iPhone screenshot, basically.
3: Yeah, since y'all were talking about that, uh, I didn't know if maybe you were going to say this, Jeremy, but when she is texting Comron about how, like, hey, I'm not ready, you know, it's still unsafe, we need some more time, the QR code is in that scene, it's a uh, timestamp is twenty three minutes thirty five seconds, and it leads you to the magnificent Miss Marvel number one. Hmm. What's uh? What's the? Do we know the significance of that issue? I did not get a chance to read it. From what people said, uh, it deals with like I think interdimensional beings of some sort, and they mention that Kumala is the destined one. So probably something to do with that.
0: You said magnificent Miss Marvel number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. I'm sorry. I, I was looking at this app. Oh, you're fine. It shows me of all the keys and stuff like that. It doesn't say anything as far as anything. Any, nothing's coming off of it. This that's significant to me, but it does say that number five is introduction of her new costume, which is a Cree Storm Ranger suit. Which Power is Ranger? rather <laughs> odd. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Anyways, comic-y pasta!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I did have uh, kind of, one of the questions I did have bringing up is, you know, they're, they're in the one part of the show. She opens that box, obviously, that Bruno gives her, and it just has the little eye cover thing. So I'm guessing that's a glimpse of her starting to change her costume, her outfit.
3: Yes, yeah, that is a uh, what's known as a domino mask. Don't I, I don't remember why it's called a domino mask, but yes, <laughs> that is her part of her comic book superhero costume. That's also the scene I like that scene where we kind of get Kumala's with great power speech. Yeah. Uh, when she's talking with their leader of their mosque. I don't know what that term is called, so I'm just going to call him the leader <laughs> of their mosque. And he, you know, says, "Good is not something that you are; it's something that you do." I'm very happy, like I said before this series started, that she's very Spider-Man like in the sense of she always wants to do good. And um, I, I was saying if they captured that, I feel like a lot of people would enjoy this series. And I feel like they're doing that. So, anyway, I, yeah, it was cool.
0: Yeah, I, I did want to mention that. At some point in time tonight, because we were taking we were taking bets as to when uh, when we'd actually see her costume. So we're we're one step closer, Jeremy. We we got we've got next episode to hopefully see it there by the end of the episode.
1: Well, well, I don't care about her episode. I mean, her episode. I don't care about her uh, costume. I care about seeing Brie Larson. <laughs>
0: She will not make an appearance in this TV show. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right here, right now. She will not make an appearance. We will get a scroll appearance before we get a, a Brie Larson appearance.
3: I bet. Bet. I would be real shocked if that happens. Because, like I said, she shows up at the, I think, the end of the first six runs. But, yeah, I would be very shocked if she doesn't. Really?
0: If Brie, if uh, Captain Marvel didn't show up? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: We'll see. <laughs> You're like prepare, prepared to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I may be eating my words, and that's fine. But so, one of the biggest things I feel like happened at the very beginning of the episode. So, like you said, we see uh, one. My theory wasn't right. She's not uh, her great grandmother's not a Cree, and she doesn't have Cree DNA. Her great grandmother is a Jin or a clandestine from the dimension Nor. But yeah, we see that origin of the bangle. It's attached to some like armless, or it was attached to a arm of a Cree because we see the blue skin. It looks like when, I don't know what that is. It's like a temple or a tomb of some sort, but we see an overhead shot when they're looking up. And I don't know if any of y'all noticed it because I didn't notice it until the second time. But the floor that they're standing on is the symbol of the 10 rings. So, that temple or tomb was something to do with the Ten Rings. Also... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, they mention, uh, I believe it's her great-grandmother says, um, she says the line, if there's even a chance that this bangle can take us home, we have to try. But she mentions about there being two bangles. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, clearly, I, I think you're right, Michael, that... This is the Nega Bands. And the reason why I also brought up the Ten Rings logo that we see on the floor, you had a theory way back when for Shang-Chi, that's right, I said it right, uh, (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) that the Ten Rings, maybe they're the Quasar Bands. So being that there is some sort of connection now, maybe these bangles that Kumala has are the Nega Bands. And the 10 rings are the quasar bands or yeah. Is it quasar or quantum? Quantum. Uh, Quasar wears them. And I always call them quasar bands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that too, where she was
0: like talking about another set. And I wondered, is that the, like, could that be the 10 rings? But then I was like, the power sets don't look the same at all. Right. So I was kind of throwing that out. I was thinking okay, well maybe there's another bangle somewhere that looks just like cuz I mean uh, didn't 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 Captain Marvel the original Captain Marvel, not Brie Larson, not the chick Jeremy. <laughs> Captain Marvel um didn't he have two bangles? Yeah, he that were that were negabands.
3: Yes, he both wore at one point in the comics the quasar the quantum bands. I always do that. Uh, at one point he wore the Quantum Bands and also the Nega Bands. Okay. Um, also, I believe Kumala's grandmother, not great-grandmother, but grandmother, the one that she's been, like, FaceTiming, mm-hmm. at the end of this episode, she just randomly FaceTimes and is like, come to Karachi. You need to come to Karachi. I saw the vision, too. I think she has the other bangle, and that's why she saw that vision.
0: Oh, did she see the vision, or did she yeah. say she saw the train? I thought she said she saw the train. Well, that's that's what I mean. Well, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean she saw she saw the train, but I mean that was in the, that was what was in the vision.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, that would be cool if she had the other one. Yeah. But why would she? Maybe she's got it stowed away. and She can't find it. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know exactly yet. So I don't understand if Kamala's great-grandmother was clandestine from another dimension. I guess the bloodline is diluted enough to where she can use the bangle, whereas since they're from another universe
3: and they're pure-blooded, I guess, from that universe, they can't use it? Is that what they were talking about? I don't know, honestly. I thought they could use it, but they just... I think it's just that Kumala's great-grandmother got to it first. I don't know. They're they're establishing that like to open this portal causes something bad to happen. So I'm assuming the great grandmother uh, Aisha doesn't want to or didn't want to do that back then, and she just hid it away. I think they can use the bangles though. Like the the Jin the the clandestine can use the bangles, but. I could be wrong there. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> well,
0: because they were talking about at the very beginning of the episode, and that's why they were asking about Kamran and him just doing it. And it was something, I can't remember what their excuse was or reasoning was as to why he couldn't. Yeah, but.
3: they said he was half Jin, So I guess like Kamela or Kamela's like one, I don't know, one quarter gin. And that uh, using the bangles would open up some of his abilities or something like that.
0: Okay. Cuz yeah, that's what they're that's what the whole I remember them saying something about because is it because I'm from this universe that I can use it or I'm using it differently or something along those lines. Right. And that they were almost like agreeing to that.
1: Okay, so kind of backtracking here, two two things basically and one is what is the, nor? I mean, is there something specific that comes out of there? Or? Uh,
3: well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I have this written down and I didn't know how to work it in. But they <laughs> they mentioned that they're from Nor, and Nor is uh, known as the Light Dimension. Also, the clandestine, I believe their first appearance was in 1980's Amazing Spider-Man 203. But the Light Dimension is like light and photons. And it's believed to have a connection to Monica Rambeau, who yeah, I think is the mom that we saw in Multiverse of Madness and where she got her powers. Okay. So I think they're tying that into the history of of Miss Marvel slash Captain Marvel, like her comic book history.
1: And so my second question is, what is clandestine? Is it just these random what four five people there that just have these powers in that nor light dimension or
3: so the clandestine are uh, a group of like superheroes they're like in my opinion d-list because I didn't really hear or know about them till honestly, <laughs> this episode and researching it, <laughs> but yeah they're they're just a group of superhero individuals that were in a Marvel run way back in the day, like the eighties, and they're just you know putting them in this series because they kind of have a a loose connection to Captain Marvel. I think they are like gins in the comic book, like they're they're called that or something. And since Jin is almost like a mythical creature for like Middle Eastern uh, people, it's a way to have like, tie it all together.
1: And so each person has their own, apparently like, it seems like their own special article of clothing that's magical or something. (laughs) One of them had a belt. Like (laughs) I know. I was like, well, I'd hate to be that guy's kid. Like, don't make daddy get the belt. Like, oh, geez. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It was so weird to me because everyone else had like weapons. Like it was like a spear, a mace. (laughs) And then he was just like, I got a belt. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that the app that I
0: use uh, on top of looking at the book that Richard referenced, I would also look at the book Marvel Comics Presents 158 as that being possibly the first appearance of the clandestine family. Specifically, Crimson Crusader, Imp, Hex, Wallop, Cuckoo. Argent and Newton, a.k.a. Warlord. So that'd be another book to look at. Have no idea if that's any of those people, but there they
1: are. Some really <laughs> weird names. Yep. Right?
0: <laughs> How disappointed were y'all in the in the fight scene, really? Like, she threw a punch one time it, throughout the whole thing, it seemed like. And other times it was just she just threw up the blocks and, in my, like I said, I haven't read the first volume of Ms. Marvel yet. But, like, those light blocks are not part of her power set in the comic books. And it's like, she would she would use all kinds of embiggening powers at this point in time to, to get away people. So, were y'all disappointed? Did y'all like it? What, what What's y'all's opinion on it?
1: So, not knowing, you know, obviously, her specific power and everything, watching that, I kind of... It was frustrating and I did get, it wasn't the best ever, but at the same time, you know, she had, in trying to keep in mind that she has no training whatsoever at this point. She's basically had this bangle for like two days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, she held her own pretty well. I mean, I don't know if that's saying good on her or bad on those other four people that they are just that terrible, but (laughs) you know. Uh, I mean, I wasn't it wasn't one like that was, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. But at the same time, trying to keep in mind that she's only had these things for a few days. So
0: I will say at one point in time during the fight, it almost looked like the bangle kind of took over and she like equipped herself with like a vest as she went through a wall.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It seemed like that was whenever he came, like was punching through her. And then she basically, I guess, did the whole like what most people would do and just did the fetal position and it enclosed her in like a cocoon or something
3: <laughs> oh a cocoon maybe it's a <laughs> Um what the, it's what it's what the uh it's what the inhumans uh they they get encased in a cocoon when they go through terrigenesis when it's the pterogen mist and it's technically what miss marvel is in the comics she's an inhuman oh Yes, I was a little disappointed with the fight scenes, but as Jeremy, like I kind of forgave it for the same reasons that Jeremy did. She's a girl. She's 16. She doesn't really know how to fight. She's skipped out on all of the training with Bruno to go basically (laughs) uh, have the vapors over Comron.
1: (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to do it in the correct way. The vapors.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The. uh, The the other thing that just bothered me during all that was Damage Control shows up, which, once again, the biggest thing that I'm annoyed with is Damage Control and just how they keep making them just dicks. But when <laughs> Damage Control shows up at the end and they, like, use their ray guns to take out the clandestine and then they just don't see Kamala and Bruno, <laughs> like, leave. There's like, big old door slams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're fucking, right they're fucking blind
0: <laughs> so speaking of of damage control coming in and and breaking the party up did y'all get any kind of agents of shield vibes whenever like throughout this episode because i was getting agents of shield vibes so hard like and especially when damage control came in i was like what,
3: what what's what's happening what's going on what do you like what do you mean exactly by by that I think I know what you're talking about. I just want you to clarify. Like just the way that the story's
0: painting out, and just how it looks, kind of. Oh, yeah. And that just it reminded me a ton of an Agent of Shield kind of episode. Just the feel of it. Yeah,
3: yeah, I, I will agree. This is this felt very like it was made for television. If that makes any sense for for our <laughs> listeners, it yes. felt cheaply made and written, yeah. and
0: yeah. Were we surprised to see uh, Kamran come to to the rescue?
1: Yeah, uh not that much. No. To me. I mean, especially whenever <laughs> I mean, especially whenever he had that whole interaction with his mom or whatever. I mean, he obviously didn't didn't agree with her methods.
3: <laughs> oh, she was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she obviously now we have our villain. Like at first I thought it was going to be damage control, but her name is Najma. Clearly Najma is the villain and She's such a bitch, like they've waited, <laughs> they've waited eighty years to go back home. They finally have one of the bangles. Just wait a damn week so they can figure out how to open it safely, <laughs> but they're like no we gotta we gotta interrupt this wedding and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all are dicks <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it like for some reason, they
0: were expelled or? exiled from their universe mm-hmm. so uh, apparently they're not good people like whether it be in our universe or their own for yeah. them to be exiled <laughs> like there's something going on there
2: yeah.
0: uh, also I'm going to assume that the the story of Aisha killing somebody killing a man is probably true and it's probably her trying to get away during mm-hmm. what was that time period called I can't remember the now. partition. Um, yes the partition thank y'all uh, yeah, I'm gonna say that one of the clandestine were coming after her to get the bangle, and she offed them. So yeah, I think you're you're dead on on that. Do we take any bets as far as like Bruno coming up
3: with a super suit before the end of this series? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I hope not. So like when you <laughs> when you go to watch Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, it has you know that little banner, and we see her sitting on the street lamp in the the superhero costume. And the more I look at it, I'm like, how is a 16-year-old kid supposed to make this suit? <laughs> like, I know people have said that about Spider-Man, but at least they explained it in the MCU where it's like the no, Tony Stark made it for him. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm kind of weirded out on the suit, really. Not weirded out, that's the wrong word, but like I'm just kind of mixed feelings on it because in the in the comic, it's just a burkini or something which is like women that are uh islamic women wear that to do like athletic type stuff not just like go to the beach or the pool okay so it made sense for her to wear that to like quote unquote fight crime and then she just uses like glitter and stuff <laughs> to make the miss marvel logo <laughs> lightning bolt she bedazzled it yeah it, yeah exactly I think, <laughs> I think she uses i want to say she uses glue and glitter to make that logo and <laughs> I wanted to see that because at least like with the MCU, when you saw Peter's homemade costume, it was just like a red hoodie with some goggles.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Islamic women and stuff like that, Nakia winds up getting the oh, uh, yeah. position. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she freaking yeah. <laughs> talked to damage control like a boss. yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that. Or they were like said, get the fuck out of my moss. I love that like the head <laughs> boss lady was like oh she must have taken whatever class and she was like uh law and order but you know still got a right.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: That's great.
3: Well, you all got anything else? Uh yes, actually just a couple of things. I really like some of the jokes. I love the when she's talking with Bruno and she's like I'm a gin and he's like And tonic?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I so wish she would have said gin and juice. I'm just saying. Just just take it really just take it back old school and just gin and juice. Come on.
3: (laughs) Yes. I also like in that exact same scene, she's like, you don't know anything about interdimensional travel specifically (laughs) for the Noor dimension. And then yeah, we get a name drop of Eric Selvig. And for those who can't remember, that's still in Skarsgård. That's the actor's name who played Eric Selvig. He was in Thor one and two. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You <laughs> see, <laughs> I believe in Thor two, it's the one the where guy he that... goes like crazy and he runs around naked. Yeah. <laughs> about say
1: so he run around right whitey tighties or whatever?
3: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and he was possessed by Loki in Avengers. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Also, apparently, the Illuminantes were the ones that ratted <laughs> Kamala out. Because you see them, right? You see them talking, and they're like, "Oh, I see, Kamala was the one that pulled the the fire escape." And I was like, "Those damn illuminantis <laughs> <laughs> They know everything. That's for sure." Yep,
1: and <laughs> in, in, in everybody else's business,
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> the other thing too, when. They at the beginning of the episode when they say it's like 1984, I was wondering if Comron was like born then too, and I was really grossed out because I was like, if Comron's like after like he has like a crush on Kumala, he's like 80, <laughs> but they they specifically go out of their way and say like no he's yeah. 17, <laughs> and I was like okay yeah. good because that would be really <laughs> creepy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you even see uh, Kamala and be like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot to really
0: discuss. I didn't think of this episode. Some cool things that, that came out, but it was almost like, here it is. And that was it. The only question I really had was just the connection between the bangle, the clandestine, and the grandmother. So because she's seeing the train, she's seeing the vision as well. So... Which I, I feel like we're gonna get an answer to that next episode.
1: Yeah. So all right then. Well if y'all ain't got nothing else, then uh Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh well they can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. That's night with a K. And uh of course you can, you can find me here. No backbands this week?
3: No what? <laughs> <laughs> you still have more to learn. <laughs>
1: Backman. Oh, uh, oh, (laughs) no, no, I hadn't, uh, hadn't gone, hadn't been brave enough to to (laughs) venture into the the comic book shop yet. But uh, in the next week, probably I'll hopefully try and get by there. But I'm, I am, I have three or four back issues to read this week, so I'll be able to maybe just kind of drop those on the on the next episode. Let you know my thoughts.
3: That's nice. I'm so impressed that Jeremy knows the term back issues. <laughs> 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 well, I had this cuz I had to text Michael. I was like, this this
1: lady's talking about back issues. What what's back issue? I don't I don't know what's happening.
0: <laughs> For those good people out there who don't know what a back issue or a back bin are, a back bin is what holds back issues. Back issues are older issues of comic books. Yeah. That's it. So, hooray. Richard, where can I find <laughs>
3: <laughs> Richie, where can I find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is night curry, night like day and night, and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have an Instagram. Our Instagram is Comically Comics Podcast. We also have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube. It's comicallycomicspodcast. Comics Podcast. And we have a TikTok that is Woo. Comically Comics Podcast. There you go. All the stuff. It is up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen to us. Whatever. <laughs> whatever whatever fits your fancy. <laughs> you can find me on YouTube at 22Comics. You can also find me on Instagram and whatnot at the handle 22 underscore comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy.
3: Bye, Jeremy. Bye.
2: My greatest fear came true. New instincts bound in his blood. Gradually, he became more primal, more bestial. He started hunting like a jungle animal. He changed so much that he took a new name for himself.
0: Ace Ventura, Pet Detective.